I'm Adam Enns. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Another special day today because we have another special guest. Who we got? That's right. We have the great Brian Owens. What's going on, Brian? What's up, fellas? (laughs) Brian, for those few of you that may not know, is is an amazing vocalist, friend of Open Studio, friend of ours, uh, friend of of many, and... um, uh, yeah, we're really excited to have you here today. We talk about vocals sometimes, but we're going to be speaking with an expert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we are. In fact, we, we're already a little bit nervous about this because when it's just pianist, you know, we can do everything from just the pianist standpoint. So we're going to be getting it from the vocalist standpoint. That's right. Very cool. All right. So we have a list of our seven favorite jazz vocalists today. Brian... Uh, who you want to start out with? This is a non-exhaustive list. Let's disclaim. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Like, you were very, this yeah. Is very. There might be a few to bonuses, do. too. Yeah, there might yeah. be a few bonuses. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, um, we, we, we already told uh, Brian, I just to let the listeners know, that we were very clear that we miss a lot of things. So we always have an asterisk. And this is a free podcast. So we don't have to give anybody's money back yeah. if you screw it up. So feel free to go wherever you want to go. All right. Well, okay. So let's start with the most, uh, for me, which would be the most obvious, is Ella Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Can't go okay. wrong. I mean, right. that, yeah. When yeah. it comes to what the epitome, of, I believe, a jazz vocalist is, which I think it has to include the ability to improvise. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, she's yeah, she's the gold standard. She sounds like a horn when she's improvising. Her phrasing was impeccable. You know. I agree. You can't get a better combination of just pure natural voice that has no holes or flaws, and then amazing taste, amazing improviser, storyteller, all of that. You yeah. know? Great. And she didn't read music. Yeah, that's right. Right. But she could. And what was the thing, the story? I mean, you never know if these stories are true, but they always seem like with her that they would be that she would would learn the song. She could sing them in any key, but she would first like was it that she was reading it in C or something like she would learn everything in C and then whatever key they were going to do it. She could just go there immediately. I'm not sure, but that I don't doubt it. Yeah. You know, I, I totally don't doubt it. I mean, but she was just one of those rare, you know, immensely talented individual. It's just like a guy give and give, like she could just sing uh, the way she did. But I, and I think, you know, her time with like the bands that she was with early on, like Chick Webb, I believe it was, right. and, um, working with band leaders like that. And yeah. Eventually she took over the band when he got sick and passed away. I mean, she was running the band. So I think that, you know. I always think about, yeah, vocalists. I mean, she had such power and then control though, you know. Yeah. For, but I always think about when they're early in their career and I remember seeing Sarah Vaughn too in front of these big bands and they'd have a mic, but it wouldn't even be like right by them. The mic would just be kind of in the front and they're there singing. I mean, to be able to project yeah. in front of those powerful and nuanced bands with, with that kind of material, what, what, what great training for them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's move on to number two here. You have number two, Nancy Wilson. Oh. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. I love Nancy Wilson. Um, again, somebody who you're talking about just this naturally God-given voice. Yeah. That for me, it, it wasn't just her phrasing from what we consider to be a traditional jazz sensibility, but the soulfulness of her voice mm, yeah. harking to like this gospel and traditional rhythm and blues. So she had all, all those kind of um, aesthetics in her voice. And um, I had a huge crush on her mm-hmm. um, growing up because I saw her. The first time I actually saw Nancy Wilson was on the episode of The Cosby Show. Because <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. well, they had, you know, previously, you know, Claire's dad was Joe Williams. Right, 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 right. So when Denise got married, Martin's oh, mother, right. Martin's mother was Nancy Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> right, and, right. And, and 
Cliff is down in the basement singing Moody's Mood, right? right and right. then she comes down singing, and it's yeah. like, oh, she's oh, I remember dumb. that now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, she yeah. was she was is stunning. I mean, yeah. she's just yeah. I mean, her voice un- unbelievable, her musicianship, but just what a beautiful woman and person. Just cla- like when I think of Nancy Wilson, I just think class totally right yeah which is awesome i think of those uh, those classic records with uh, the record with cannonball record with george shearing is also really really good yeah that's good stuff all right so uh number three we have on brian owens's list of favorite jazz vocalists we have Louis armstrong believe he was a jazz musician Louis armstrong (laughs) that's right (laughs) heard of him i've heard of him Um, I i think you know musicians definitely i mean instrumentalists definitely you know recognize i mean his his phrasing and his and his influence first of all on jazz period yeah, yeah. definitely on you know dra- jazz as a from an instrumental standpoint um, but i think sometimes we forget his influence on jazz vocalists yeah yeah it was um, seamless between his trumpet player yeah and, and it's 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 widely speculated that he that he was the first one to scat on record, you know, right. on accident because he dropped the music and then he's just start making up these words because they would do that down in New Orleans. I mean, just so from a standpoint of him just being an archetype. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, Lewis's phrasing was just ridiculous yeah. when he when he sang. Yep. Um, it's it's songs like I mean, he did plenty of like traditional jazz songs, but What a Wonderful World is a perfect example yep. of. Um, he's just ingenious and had like a top ten pop hit. With yeah, that when he was yeah. in his sixties yeah. or seventies. Yeah. But I, and it's interesting you you talking about him as an instrumentalist and then as a vocalist. And I think that it's common for us to think of. I mean, he's a trumpeter, right? And then he could sing too on the side. But if you listen to like his early vocals and early trumpet souls, what you said as far as like you know phrasing and stuff, I'm I'm wondering if it almost didn't come more out the. His trumpet phrasing, his instrumental phrasing, coming out, of, out his of his vocals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's really the way it sounds from the original stuff that he did. Well, in, in, in jazz and his music, isn't it always like the chicken and the egg story? Like which yeah. came first? It's like our instrumentalist trying to be vocalist, or our vocalist trying to be instrumentalist. And right. I think when you when you when you take Louis yeah. and Ella, who did some great records by, the way. yeah, <laughs> well, of course, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you take them, you see you see that kind of mutual influence, right? Yeah. Where you know Ella very much tried to sound like horns, but those same horns may have been trying to sound like Ella yeah. and Louis. So it's like, I think that's kind of like that marriage that yep. makes it kind of Yeah, and I think with Louis cool. Armstrong, because he had such mastery of, of both, yeah. and really his, his vocals were not secondary to his trumpet player in terms of his skill level. Right, you know, right, yeah, yeah. Even right. Even though he became known more as trumpet, but, but then what a wonderful world something there was a whole generation and, and fans that didn't even know he played trumpet that's right, right. Yeah, yeah. which is which like is, this which is rare plays, yeah like which is rare when you have someone who can do things like that equally as well like you know what's interesting the only other person I, w- I could think of now that you mentioned it like that George Benson yeah you know George, yeah because they yeah. like actually when I first heard George because he had a big pop hit in the early 80s when I was like in middle school high school and um and then I think my dad was kind of like, oh, yeah, that guy, he plays guitar, too. I was like, I don't know about that. That's a different George. But he's like, no, no, no. I think it's the same guy. And you go back and listen, you're like, uh, I was like oh, yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. Well, this kind of like leads us in number four. And number four on Brian's list is Nina Simone. Mm. We've talked about Nina Simone as a pianist. Right. She's yeah. underrated as a pianist. Amazing yeah. jazz pianist. Yeah. But also, I mean, talk about a distinctive voice in the music. Yeah, and who started out wanting to be a classical pianist, and because of you know the racial issues at the time, yeah. she wasn't afforded that opportunity. So she kind of ended up playing jazz. But in yeah. her jazz, you hear, you hear a lot of that. Her, you hear all of her classical training. Yeah. In her arrangements, definitely yeah. you hear 
um, those no. kinds of sensibilities. She does um, these whole solos that are like fugues. Oh, yeah. 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 But, but then, I don't think she ever stopped wanting to be a classical pianist, first and foremost. Yeah. I always felt like her, you know, vocally, she's coming definitely out of church and blues yeah. and yeah. jazz. Well, that's what's so amazing about it, though, is like then you hear like I put a spell on you. Yeah. And that's a blues vocalist coming out right there. I mean, that is so raw and like powerful and this really sophisticated piano. Yeah. happening you know it's, it's pretty cool but then you hear songs like uh one of my favorites from her is i think it's gonna rain today mm-hmm. uh, remake of the yeah. randy newman tune yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yep. you know it's holding a level oddly enough her nephew lives in ferguson he should you should have him on the podcast oh wow, oh, wow. i didn't yeah. know that that's cool yeah. wow. so that's cool well this takes us to number five number five is the velvet fog i don't know why i'm talking like this but that's <laughs> mel torme Ooh, yeah so what's we don't talk about Mel. I feel like no, we don't talk bad, about Mel Torme a lot as a vocalist. I mean, first of all, he could scat his butt off. He really yeah. could, yeah. Um, but just in terms of like his phrasing and his ability yeah. um, as a vocalist, the man who wrote the Christmas song. He wrote the Christmas say, song. Once, just once a year, we yeah, talk yeah. about him a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like um, cha-ching. Yeah, <laughs> right. <Getting that> shit. <laughs> but is that like the greatest? You know, Christmas song from from a jazz musician standpoint, it's, yeah. it's, it's the a, greatest. Ever. It's a jazz standard. It's a yeah. jazz standard. Yeah, yeah. Really and I think, sure. and I think, truly, one of the things we kind of we get away from too is just like we tend to think of vocalists as not musicians. <laughs> a lot of right. times, it's yeah. like everyone that we name was a musician in the was a right. musician and right. was a musician at the highest right. of, the, of the highest caliber, whether they could play an instrument or not. Like being able to have mastery over your yeah. voice in and of itself is is a uh, Makes you, I think, makes well, you this position. is perfect transition to number six because we're talking. Number six is a man who really treats his voice as an instrument, and that's Bobby McFerrin. Mm. Okay, so um, if you've never seen, um, I think it's Spontaneous Inventions. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Bobby McFerrin, he's in a league of his own. Yeah. He's in a class and a genre of his own, but definitely his ability to just improvise, phrase. Um, the stuff he did with Wayne Shorter in that Spontaneous mm. Inventions. Um, the stuff that he did with Chick Corea. Chick Corea. Yeah. I was just thinking yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Go online and look at what he did with uh, Richard Vona yeah. at, uh, I think it was like Montreal Jazz Fest yep, or something Montreux. like that. I mean, his, his, he just has a mastery of his instrument yeah. um, as an actual instrument. Yep. Um, and I mean, he's, when we talk about musician, vocalist, and, yeah. and like he's almost, he's so off the charts as a musician. And then he's so off the charts in terms of what you're talking about, you know, vocal mastery of his instrument. And yeah. then obviously he's got a great instrument, too. I mean, it's almost like too much. Not, not too much. I mean, it's almost like, you know, to be able to handle all that and to put it together. I think that's why he's been in. He has to be in such inventive situations. I mean, not that he couldn't. It's like, too easy. Yeah. I mean, people be like, yeah, you never hear him sit down and sing Misty. Oh, believe me, it would be good. It would be very oh, he good. Can sing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, don't, Bobby don't, McFerrin can sing. Yeah, that would be know? fine. But I mean, he's, I mean, he, and then I think about, then, you know, he had this whole other sort of side career as a conductor. Yeah. Like a really good classical conductor. And, you know, my dad worked with him several times, just blocks from here, St. Louis Symphony. And he would do all this cool stuff. Like he would have, I mean, he would, you know, conduct a, a couple of movements of a, a Mozart symphony. And then for like three minutes, he would have everybody sing their part. <laughs> and like they would practice this and, you know, he would kind of help teach them to do it and he would conduct it and they'd break into that. And my dad was just saying it was like one of the most fun and musically satisfying things ever. Like the sections got very competitive. Yeah. Obviously the strings had a lot of people, so they had some power. Right. You know, like the individual woodwinds had to learn their parts and sing it. I was going to say, what if you're playing flute, man? That's, got, that's yeah. tricky. That's no, high. That's high. The, the, the crazy thing about Bobby Friend I think is so awesome too is it's like when we talk about genres, 
it's just like when you get a person like that, it's like it's not even about no. that. Like yeah. so, we I put him in the category of just being one of the greatest musicians. Yeah. I've ever seen, ever heard in my life, who is very well equipped, very astute, and has a great facility for the art form of jazz. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. I agree too. I agree. I mean, he's just like, if you had to put one word on him, it wouldn't be jazz and it wouldn't be blues or, or classical. Uh, to me, it would just be I- improvising vocals. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. that's really, although yeah. he can just sit down and sing a song, yeah, but I mean, he, he's a creative force. He's yeah. a creative force, and that when that's being highlighted and he's in a space and it doesn't have to be, I mean, well, you talk about his biggest hit ever, which is funny. Don't, you know, worry. don't worry. Be yeah, happy. Yeah. It's like not his most creative thing, but, but you really hear like, I mean, that wouldn't have been such a big hit. That's dope. If he though. didn't sound so if, good. Have you heard it lately? It's still dope. Yeah. You don't know worry, what's dope? It's still dope. No, I'll yeah, tell you I mean, what's it's stylized. Dope. It's totally yeah, but it's stylized. Cool, his, his Cosby show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember this. His Cosby Show theme. He did one of the Cosby Show themes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Every year they give somebody that. That's right. Yep, that's right. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you hear that, and I'm going, this dude is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. Really good. So and, he's and, number and six. the nicest Number six. Ever. So number seven, we're going to round out our list here. And Ooh. keep in mind, we have some bonuses, because we couldn't just stop it at we'll seven. the bonus We Jonas. also can't do nine Jonas a list. Okay. <laughs> no, the Jonas Brothers Jonas are Brothers not are on, on this list. list. Oh, yeah, only because no. they're not jazz. No, number okay. seven is, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest singers of a song in the history of recorded music. That's Nat King Cole. Ooh, I mean, yes. could sing a song like no one else could really tell the story of the lyrics. Brian, you're leaving the reservation by picking that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> well, well think no, about it. No, I mean, kidding. one, he influenced everybody who came after him. He influenced yeah. like all the contemporaries. So like some of the, some of the bonuses that we'll talk about, he definitely had an influence and yep. a huge influence on me. Oh yeah. Um, my introduction to what, what just really good, phrasing and vocals where was Nat King Cole yeah the other thing that I didn't know growing up is kind of we go back to the whole instrumentalist yeah vocalist thing is Nat King Cole was as good or as be- or better a piano player and he was a singer exactly. no we talk about all he's crazy he's made a lot of our lists yeah of, he's made our of like great jazz pants and oh then man. we even had to put him on some like underrated underrated because a lot of people don't know it you know? yeah have yeah, you yeah. seen the clips of him on his show where he's playing and singing at the same time it's incredible or yeah the uh the infamous gentleman's bet that he you know, had with Oscar Peterson. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. Right. Because Oscar Peterson did a, did a record in dedication to Nat King Cole. When I first heard it, I'm like, I've never heard this Nat record. And yeah. it sounded so much like him, but just like his influence on musicians at that time, on musicians, instrumentalists rather, yeah. at that, at the time that he was, he was alive, man, I think is so understated because his vocals were just that good. Well, right, he became right. a pop star. I mean, there's right, a TV yeah, right, show, right. he was singing these pop hits, but he started out, you know, in Lester Young's trio, you know, a bassless trio. Right. I mean, really swinging, yeah. really influential in, in that, that style of, of jazz. Well, in the yeah. early Nat and Cole trio, you know, guitar, right. bass, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and piano, I mean, he was very little singing. I mean, it was like piano. That was what he was known as. Until somebody was like, sing. Yeah. And then he started singing <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he never stopped. That's right. All right, that's seven, but we do have a couple of bonuses. And dun, the dun, First bonus. <laughs> the first Wait, how can they be bonuses when we already know what they are? Like, we're, I mean, it's okay, but. Because like, we can't just say we have nine. I don't know why we can't. spontaneous. We'd be like, do you happen to have any bonuses? Oh, I mean, I just thought of a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, we couldn't make up our mind. So yeah. Brian has, and this I think is really interesting, and I agree with this pick for your first bonus, and that's Marvin Gaye as jazz vocalist. Mm, okay, so again, so this is great coming after Nat King Cole. So. When you listen, when you talk to, not talk to, because they're not alive, when you listen to a lot of the vocalists from that day, whether it's Sam Cooke or Marvin Gaye 
or Sam, like whoever it was, their gold standard for vocals was Nat. Mm. Marvin Gaye has his have a Copacabana record. He did a Nat a Nat King Cole tribute album. Oh, the Copacabana right. record is almost just a jazz record. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like I mean, yeah. he could sw- Marvin could swing. Oh yeah. I mean, that's evident in just his it's, soul yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. In, but when he's singing quote unquote jazz style stuff, I mean, he does it as good as as, as anyone. Um, his phrasing is amazing. I mean, what's going on is is not that far off from a jazz vocal oh, no. album. No, you yeah. know, a political jazz vocal album. Basically. Well, and all the you know the Motown instrumentalists were all like Detroit jazz. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. One of which played with Ella. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's great. All right, so bonus number two is our very own open studio artist, nice. someone you might have heard of oh, here, yeah. named uh, Diane Reeves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so since this is my list and my bonuses, this is important to me because we're talking about really, you know, vocalists that have influenced me. I can't think of anyone besides Marvin, my dad, and Nat that have influenced me vocally more than I am. Mm. So as a mentor and um, just like the freedom that she has with her voice and almost it's like, again, for me, she's kind of genreless when she sings. Mm, There's yeah. a lot of soul, a lot of soul yeah. um, in what she does, but her ability to improvise and... You met her, didn't you, first at a thing at Carnegie Hall where you were, when you were younger, right? Yeah, well, the, the, the first time I met her, I was singing in her home state of Denver. I mean, yeah, well, in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Um, and I was singing in tribute to her, <laughs> which is, be, was a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. And then from that, she invited me to do the master class, which That's is where cool. I met Peter for the first time, yeah. oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just her philosophy um, – on performing and vocals, which is definitely informed by Ella and Sarah, mm. you know those folks that have influenced us, us all. Uh, but I think she's she's uniquely gone to a different place where Diane is Diane, and I think when it's all said and done in jazz history, she'll be up there. Oh yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Stuff. You Thank came you. strong with the the seven and with the bonuses. I mean, that's man, nice. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you we know got how to we step do? up our list, man. Ooh. Come on. <laughs> That's all right. I think, you know, with uh, the episode we did yesterday with the drum, uh, West Coast musicians, I think we actually had like 10 or 11. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got right. cheated. No, you're all right. You're all right. You got more than seven on a list of seven. You're fine. Good. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian, man. Yeah, it's thanks, good to see Brian. you. Thanks for dropping on the podcast. Come and see us again. You live like not far from here. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, you I'll, know be where we are. I'll be down. You know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come knock. I'll come knock. Uh, so you can always go to you'llhearit.com to ask us a question. You or, know what? I think that... that um, Sorry to cut you off there, my friend. Adam. No, what you got? I was just going to say, Brian. Brian has a number of great records and great projects. We would love to give you an opportunity to plug whatever you have latest, because this is going to be out in just a couple of days. Oh yeah. Oh, so well, folks, after hearing that little Bobby McFerrin thing, if you want to hear Brian doing his own stuff, what's the best place for people to hear you? I mean, you can go to website brianonsold.com. Okay. Um, we are just now getting ready to release an album that we did called Soul of Cash. Oh yeah, which is uh, soul renditions of Johnny Cash music it's on really, vinyl. It's really good. So it's getting ready to come out on vinyl. Um, we have some vinyl uh, listeners. Yeah, yeah. so um, you can voice memos. Check that out, vinyl. and then um, hopefully getting ready to start a new record that's going to be. Wait, is Soul of Cash only on vinyl? Only on. Well, yeah, on Ooh, vinyl. That's gutsy right there. I like only it. on vinyl. All right, I got it. It's only a good record, but it's going to be streaming. It's, it's too, worth buying a yeah, record. You can stream player. it. It's on Spotify and those kind of things, but you want to get it on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? I've done this recently because my turntable situation, my, my, one of my sons is hijacked it into his room. Mm-hmm. So I have some vinyl that I listen to streaming while holding the vinyl. Even that is nice. Even though, because I'm serious, because I'm like looking at the album 
I, I like, actually feel you on this. Yeah, this yeah is but then I'm bad. listening, so you could actually do <laughs> that. It makes you feel like you're listening to it. <laughs> it does. I don't know. It's something there very is something about holding, the tactile. Thing. Yeah, holding yeah. that 12-inch by 12-inch cover. Yeah. That's, and no, it's funny because it's not even been opened yet, but I'm listening to it. I think you should <laughs> do but a then video. You don't get any of the Here's skipping. what I'll do. <laughs> I will give you a Soul of Cash vinyl copy that you can sit and look at while you listen to it on Spotify. That's what I was. That's kind of where I was leading Bam, and we'll video it. See how that works? That's great. Works for me. So go to BrianOwnSoul.com to check that out get your copy go to you'll hear it.com to check us out yeah uh we still have our offer for i like the way you check us out to you, check, us you out. check us out <laughs> uh we still have our offer going for you'll hear it listeners uh that's uh 10% off open studios annual all access pass that's everything you can get diane reed's course you can get yep. christian mcbride's course you can get yep. greg hutchinson's course yep and if you enter the the offer code, you'll hear it ten in the offer code field when you check out with your annual all access pass. You could save ten percent. Yeah, do it soon because that's about to go away. We're about to pull that one. We're gonna have something else. It's been a little too popular. It's been <laughs> no, no, no. We, 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 yeah. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, it can't. It's not sustainable. It's not, it's not, it's not sustainable. But we love all the, the the new folks coming on and and um yeah yeah check yeah. it out and keep the questions, the ratings, reviews going. Have you left left us a rating or review, <laughs> Brian? Have I? Yeah. Have you ever heard this podcast before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? It will be yeah, good. Yeah. So this will be out in just a couple of days. I'll listen to this one for sure. Exactly. And then leave a rating review based <laughs> right. upon how you felt this all went. Yeah, with, based upon my you. performance. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. we got to acknowledge our new uh, audio engineer intern, Brianna. Well, this is amazing. Good and name, we, we asked good when name. Brianna came in this morning, we asked her if she listens to podcasts. She said, just yours. That's right. Which right. is the right answer. So thanks, Brianna. Yeah, exactly. Show. Good yeah. stuff. Her first day. First day. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. What do you got? You'll hear it. <laughs>